Venturex Studios, it's J.P., Kathy, and the crew. Man, good Monday morning, and it is happening. I will tell you all over the United States, and that is COVID-19 is not going to go away peacefully or quietly. Oof. We've got Dr. Norm Clothier with Family Healthcare Associates with us today. He is, uh, good morning. Locations. They've got locations all over the Metroplex. And where's Kathy at? Right, right here. Um, Yeah, anxious to hear what Dr. Clothier has to say. Also, um, college kids are getting ready to go back to school. So, you know, making sure your kids stay healthy. What do they need to do? This is their first time away from mom and dad. What do we need to do to make sure we're keeping up with their health needs, especially during a time like this? uh, Being, like Dr. Clothier has said, JP, being proactive and being um, healthy, getting rest, getting vitamins, eating right, exercise, all that kind of good stuff really comes into play. And I'm anxious to hear what he has to say about helping our college kids stay healthy as well. They would say you're boring, Kathy. It's beer, pretzels, and peanuts. That's what the doctor oh, ordered. That's what the no, doctor not. ordered. <laughs> yeah, no, Doctor Love. <laughs> Good morning, Doctor Clothier. Good morning. All right. So COVID nineteen is just not going away, is it, Doctor Clothier? No, and you know that's unfortunate. We would all love for it to. Um, but viruses are, are kind of that way. You know, they can be unpredictable. They mutate. Obviously, the recent mo- mutations in a pretty significant concern. The biggest concern I have still with the whole virus over time is the long-term repercussions. You know, people have chronic lung problems that develop from it, chronic brain uh, fog-type symptoms. There's actually been, you know, a relative amount of studies so far on the deficiencies that can happen with the brain after infection and with kidney failure and with other, you know, fatigue, loss, long-term loss of taste and smell that we don't even know what that means yet uh, in terms of the damage to tissue. So, you know, for all the people who are a little snarky about how, oh, it's just a cold that only kills a small percentage of people, uh, I would suggest that we're at 15 to 30 times the number of deaths in America in the last year from this virus versus influenza uh, in the typical year. And then it needs to be taken seriously. I, I know I say that every week. I don't think we're making any headway because I think people who don't think it's a big deal still don't think it's a big deal. I most recently had a conversation about uh, how serious it is uh, in children with this variant, the Delta variant, and how children's uh, ER, uh, ICUs are filling up with cases. And uh, someone told me that's not true. And so, you know, it's, uh, I think it's unfortunate. If you can't look at the numbers and be concerned, then you have a lack of compassion for your fellow man, honestly. And I think that's really what it boils down to. So, you know, even if, and the comment was made that the children aren't dying, but they're in the ICU and may have lifelong repercussions. I'm so concerned about that, frankly. So, Dr. Clothier, you know, one of the things that I don't think people realize is that you receive either, are they are they updates or journal updates from medical associations and professionals from yes. around the country? All I mean, the time. Yeah, and let me tell you, these are like medical researchers and observational studies from ICUs and from all over the world. There are cases, case reports, 
you know, an observational attempt at trying to get a treatment that works, say, in Norway and Italy. And, uh, you know, it's those come to me all the time. I actually don't participate in social media for my medical information. And I think, you know, that um, there just is such a great misunderstanding. And, you know, one I think is worth continuing to address is that wearing a mask is not to prevent infection to the individual wearing the mask. The mask is to prevent spread to other people. So I keep hearing, for instance, you know, anger about um, maybe kids who are healthy having to go to school with a mask on. Well, it's really not about the person. You know, they surely have classmates have, say, type 1 diabetes, insulin-dependent diabetes. And it's not about protecting the person in the mask. It's about protecting the fellow classmate. And the challenge is, yeah, I realize this is hard for people to understand, too, because they want to look at a chart or a graph and see a low death rate and say it's no big deal. But the challenge is that if I, for instance, who have had the vaccine and have had zero symptoms at any point, if I am exposed to the virus and have a few particles in my mouth and my body successfully, you know, mouth and nose, and my body has successfully, that's why you fought that off because whether it's just good immunity or immunity from the vaccine or, you know, the host of other factors there, I still could spew that onto somebody through breathing, cough, sneeze, um, you know, laughing, any of those things. And if that viral particle that does not irritate or infect me at all so that I don't even know I have it, if it goes and lands on someone who say, again, has type 1 diabetes or chemotherapy or is on a, uh, a biologic medicine for their psoriasis or their rheumatoid arthritis or they're just susceptible to infection, they can be infected by me without me ever even knowing that I'm carrying the virus. So if I wear a mask and reduce that particulate matter by 95%, that is a reduction in the risk for that individual. It doesn't change my risk. It changes the risk of spreading it to other people. You know, and Dr. Clothier, you mentioned people that have, um, are more susceptible as a result of other medical conditions. The CDC has released uh, a third boost or a third shot kind of as a booster for those mm -hmm. with, um, what are they calling it, Dr. Clothier? Immuno? Immunocompromised uh, status. Yeah, yeah so that's a tough one right now to define because it just came out over the weekend. I'm sure it'll be sorted out more in the next uh, couple of days because I'm not sure they got the definition in a way that the public can handle it, frankly. And it, right now they're saying the equivalent of having a solid organ transplant. So someone who is on, who has had a transplant, and by solid organ we, we mean kidney, heart, liver, you know, those issues. Uh, if you are immunocompromised because of medicine to prevent rejection of those, or if you're on a couple of very serious immunosuppressive medicines over the long term, not just like a weekend of, you know, a steroid for poison ivy, but if you're chronically treated with immunosuppressive medicine, or if you have a syndrome which is known to be a severe immunodeficiency, those are the current people recommended for that. The people recommended for it are not people 
who were in the early waves of getting the COVID shot, which for people with hypertension, diabetes, you know, things like that are not considered immunocompromised enough to be recommended for the shot at this time. Now, admittedly, I think that's coming. I think everybody's going to have a, a third shot recommended if they had the series of two or a probably, probably they'll still be recommended for an mRNA shot even if they had the Johnson Johnson shot. But there's no second shot for Johnson Johnson yet. And there's the third shot for people 12 and up with the severe immunocompromised status to have Pfizer or for 18 and up to have Moderna. And that just fits with the ages of recommendation. But that's not going to be a lot of people is what I'm trying to emphasize. That's not, oh, you know, I get a couple of colds a year, so I must be immunocompromised. This is talking about people on cisplatin, uh, you know, a long-term immunosuppressive anti-rejection type treatment. So now let's turn our, our look towards the vaccine for kids because we're speaking about kids and that this Delta variant is impacting kids more so uh, than, it, than the, than the normal, I say normal, than the original COVID-19 strand. Um, right. So when can a child get vaccinated and and is it recommended that they get the COVID-19 vaccine? Well, my answer is going to be, of course, to recommend that, yes, vaccinate when you can vaccinate. But right now, only the Pfizer shot is approved for age 12 and up. So any child 12 to 18 can go get a Pfizer shot today. And, you know, they're readily available. They're all over the place. There are pharmacies. There are, you know, locations with shots. Uh, some doctor's offices have them. It's been harder to get Pfizer in the doctor's office because initially it was supposed to be stored at negative 70 degrees, and most people don't have that kind of um, storage facility. But they have loosened that, and it is trickling out to offices. We have yet to get any here. Um, but, you know, that's just because it's been slow. Moderna is still approved only age 18 and up, and Johnson Johnson still approved only age 18 and up. So 12 to 18 can get the Pfizer. Uh, we believe that it will be approved down to age 6, probably, trying to encompass most school children somewhere in the fall, maybe October. Um, you know, that I just want to mention, because I know that that you know, works people up more than anything to mention immunization and children. Children actually get like 17 immunizations to be approved for school. And, you know, it's, it's actually not an unusual thing to try to prevent disease in children. And, you know, we have polio shots, we have tetanus shots, we have hemophilus influenza shots, we have the regular flu shot, on and on. Hepatitis A, hepatitis B, varicella. You know, all these things are shots against viral or toxin syndromes, and that's really not a, an oddity, you know. And so I just want to encourage people, don't be so scared by the idea of an immunization. I want to mention, because it strikes me that still more people are arguing with me about various parties involved in the shot, that it was approved under the Trump administration. Uh he asked the FDA to speed the uh, approval you know, in an experimental phase because it needed to be compassionately put out to the public. And that was what reduced the first strain. And so, you know, whatever the politics are, 
let them get out of the way and look at medicine. Don't look to your neighbor for the advice unless your neighbor happens to be a world-leading uh, epidemiologist or virologist, and there aren't a lot of those around. But you're right that people can get medical information. Now, it's harder. You don't Google medical articles. They just don't hit that high. So the, the literature I get because of connections in medicine is different than somebody at Google. What you'll get when you Google something is the rumor. And, you know, it's just, um, I had a patient the other day that just insisted on getting ivermectin. Ivermectin has not been shown to be beneficial in treatment of uh, an acute COVID infection or the sequela. And it may actually even be harmful. And keep in mind, ivermectin is an anti-parasitic drug. There's not really a parasite component of COVID. It's actually a virus. That's why it's called COVID. It is the coronavirus. Uh, is you know part of the letters there that name COVID, and uh, you know it's interesting because even hydroxychloroquine that got famous early because President Trump mentioned it is not proven to be helpful in COVID infection. And in fact, can be toxic. People can go blind from treatment with it. And you know if people are worried about an immunization, they sure ought to worry about rampant hydroxychloroquine um, treatment because the side effects are real. And, you know, it's interesting. I get questions on, you know, people don't want to take their blood pressure medicine because they've read their side effects. Well, if you want to talk side effects, we can talk about hydroxychloroquine for a long time. And if you want to talk about benefit, I think you need actual information. So, Dr. Collier, would you continue to recommend, of course, good diet and also vitamin supplements? You know, um, early on, it was said that if you could boost your vitamin C, your zinc, your magnesium, um, that that could be helpful in building your immune system to it. Well, so far, the only actual evidence is that zinc does seem to have some antiviral properties and antibacterial properties. The problem is it hasn't been shown to necessarily be effective with COVID. You know, it, while it helps with some, it doesn't necessarily have a crossover to all. And the observation was made that people with a normal vitamin D level seem to have fewer complicating factors to COVID, fewer respiratory symptoms, and a shorter course. However, that's not been shown to be that an acute treatment does that. So, in other words, you know, if you get COVID and then you decide to start taking vitamin D, it's probably, frankly, too late. You have to have stores in the body that take a few weeks to build up. So I think it's reasonable to take zinc and vitamin D and get a level of vitamin D up there that's in the therapeutic range. I think that should be true for health in general. You know, that's almost like just saying if you are uh, healthy, practice good nutrition and exercise, you are probably less likely to have a really serious infection or serious complications the infection. The problem is, you know, I still find that there are super healthy people that are getting really bad infections. So uh, we just don't know enough about that. You know, it's, um, but they shouldn't be considered a treatment is what I'm getting to. If you practice good health habits, that's a good baseline way to be. But if you, you know, have terrible health habits or you just have never used supplements and suddenly start taking them, don't expect that to be a treatment. Here's one of the observational challenges with things like ivermectin. Okay, let's say you take 
100 people, or we'll say 200, uh, 200 people and have an acute COVID-19 infection, even the Delta variant, let's say you have, you know, the average mean age is 40. And so let's say 100 of them take five days of ivermectin and 100 of them don't. How many people would you expect to be better in five to seven days? according to observational studies. And I would suggest the answer to that is actually about 90%. And that'll be both groups because only about 10% of people have lingering symptoms beyond five to seven days. So it's easy for people to say, hey, oh, the ivermectin was a treatment because I took it for five days and I felt better a couple of days after that. Well, if you do nothing, you know, it kind of goes back to the age old issue of treating colds. If you you know, take a ton of vitamin C and you feel better in three or five days, then, you know, you could say, oh, it's because I took a ton of vitamin C. But the reality is almost everybody's better in three or five days, whether they took that vitamin C or not. So, you know, it's not harmful to take it. It's reasonable on the vitamin C. The problem with ivermectin is it can disturb a, a balance in the body. Otherwise, it's actually, you know, it's antiparasitic and it's actually a veterinary treatment. And, you know, it's it's one of those things that I just think the misunderstanding uh, of thinking that it's going to make a difference is, is there. I saw a patient last week that had been on hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and vitamin uh, D and zinc and, you know, a, a handful of other things, prednisone and a couple of other antibiotics that they were all acquired at a different place than my place. But I saw her, and she was still sick with fever from COVID. And I thought, well, that's everything. Every rumor I've heard of has been tried. And I think the challenge is some people have a rougher run of COVID than others, and it's very hard to predict. So, Dr. Clothier, let's shift off COVID for a moment. I know we're about to lose you in about six minutes. And let's go ahead and talk about My meeting, my demise? No. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> well... No, but it's time to go to work and help people be healthy, Dr. Clothier. Oh, yeah. Um, But let's go ahead and shift over to college. Uh, Kids are going back. um, A lot of pictures on Facebook, a lot of video on Facebook, no masks being worn. um, And uh, and so what are some of the things that college kids can go back to school and and use as tips to stay healthy and be healthy on college? Yeah, they absolutely. You know, as much as it shouldn't need to be said, I think it needs to be said that you need good hygiene. You know, I think, you know, washing of hands, um, being smart and protective. If you go out and are shaking hands with everybody you meet, you need to get some, uh, preferably soap and water, although sanitizer does help. Uh, be careful. You can overdo hand sanitizer and dry out skin like crazy and start get fish around the skin. And uh, then you run a little infection risk in a different way. But, uh, you know, good hygiene is critical. Another that I don't think honestly needs to be said, but it's so true, is excellence with nutrition. I think you need to eat very uh, properly. Think about what goes in, does something. Brain health is uh, an absolute outbranching of good nutrition. And if you want to succeed in school and stay healthy both, then you need good nutrition. I would encourage parents to uh, talk to their kids about not overdoing junk food not, um, you know, succumbing to the 
temptation to eat only a dessert at a cafeteria, for instance, yeah. or, you know, any one of those things. Don't live uh, off of chocolate milk. Like when you go into the cafeteria and, you know, this, this is how everybody always gains that freshman 15. You discover chocolate milk and French fries for breakfast. You know, it's because it's all you sure. can eat buffet yeah, everywhere. Crazy. Yeah. If it seems like junk, it's junk, you know, I think is a fair maximum to live by. And so, um, I think you just need to be intentional about eating well. Get some snacks uh, for your child to have at the dorm that are going to be healthy. You know, maybe almonds or, um, you know, something that they can eat and not become uh, toxic, <laughs> essentially, right. you know, nutritionally speaking. And exercise is a huge key. So you clearly show that the regular exerciser has better performance in school, and that's at all levels. That's, you know, K through 12, plus college, plus grad school, et cetera. Exercise should be a. You know, that, that just needs to be encouraged. Uh, you know, most exercise can be done outdoors. And in the era of COVID, I think that's particularly important. You can walk, run, bicycle, you know, all those things are outdoor activities. And uh, can be done, uh, you know, I believe in walking every day. I think it makes a big difference in all health. And I think it's a, uh, a really critical piece. And as much as uh, alcohol is ingrained in the college culture, uh, there just are more and more studies that show that acute alcohol poisoning is uh, extremely toxic, even over the long term for liver health and brain health. Uh, long-term drinking is a disaster for the brain. Uh, you know, they're just, again, there are more and more studies that show that alcohol needs to be kept at a minimum. And uh, even social drinkers run some risk. There's a recent study on that. And I think if you think about what it does to the brain, it suppresses the brain. That's not something that's particularly favorable for the learning environment. And I know that's hard because I know it's part of the culture. It's almost an expectation in some schools in particular. And, uh, you know, there'll be some deaths from alcohol toxicity this fall, uh, as there always are. And I think, you know, talk about preventable death. I think mm -hmm. that is a very preventable death. And then, you know, because we are dealing with COVID, I think people just have to be aware that if they're sick, they do try to uh, prevent being around other people. How you do that at college, I think it's got to be incredibly difficult. I'm very glad I'm not a college student right now. I think it's very hard to deal with, you know, class attendance and uh, social opportunities and dorm hallways and uh, rooms and, you know, all those things. But you've got to be honest. If you're feeling sick, don't go expose people to that. So, Dr. Clothier, real quick before you, you take off, um, what about a, a variable of almonds and pistachios? You know, now they're doing the, the smoked almonds, they're doing the jalapeno almonds, the lemon-lime pistachios. The, are those okay to eat? Are they still healthy? Or do yeah, are you marketing oil? some? I'm just curious. <laughs> We've uh, got a new sponsor. Yeah. I don't. I don't think you should smoke anything. I don't think smoking almonds makes it healthier. I knew that but was the, coming. JP, yeah. you should have known. Well, I'm getting yeah. too predictable. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, the, the core almond, you know, where I would draw the line 
I think the flavors are fine. I, honestly, it doesn't break down the qualities of the almond, which are that they uh, reduce insulin release in the body. So you tend to feel full faster and you don't get a, uh, an insulin spike that'll make you hungrier. It actually helps to reduce appetite and provide some essential oils for the body that are fair uh, in terms of the fatty oils and the almond walnuts are very similar. I think the flavoring is fine. I think coating of them is the challenge. If they are coated in chocolate, uh, which inherently involves a lot of sugar, that's probably a challenge. If it's, you know, dark chocolate with nearly no sugar and you can stand that bitterness, then enjoy it. But, uh, you know, I think if you see like a yogurt coated almond, be, be real about that. Look at the sugar content, almost entirely sugar. There might be a molecule of yogurt in there to justify it, but it's, you know, they have become a candy. When they are a candy, that's not helpful. When they are a nut, that is helpful. All right. That's what I wanted to know, Dr. Clothier. It is 801. I better go. Yeah, so, you you insisted I get the work, so I guess. I get it. <laughs> well, well, since he and have his dad are patients of yours, you so <laughs> yeah. Take well, care. Do you have a great week. You have a blessed right. week. Goodbye. We'll see you next you Monday. You too. Thank you, Dr. Right. Clothier. Um, so, gr- great information. Great information. We do um, next week. Let's ask him about. Um, Randy had asked, and we didn't get a chance to get to it because um, we'd already talked about masks. But um, just wanting to know that. Hey, I, um, Randy said I feel protected when I have a mask on. Is that not true? And I think that that lends to the question, JP, that we could ask him next week, which has to do with flu season is coming up. So are you? You know, should you practice? I know I still wipe down the. Um, basket when I get to the store and that's not because of COVID that's because hey if this stops me from getting the flu okay I'll wipe my basket down kind of a thing so I think that's something we can ask him next week sounds good I want to make a quick announcement Uh, one of the members of the crew uh, Michelle asked that we make this announcement Neil McCoy will be playing a concert in Sulphur Springs Texas uh, to benefit the wall that heals um, and so this is a Vespers Memorial on Friday, September the 10th at the Civic Center Auditorium. Tickets available at outhousetickets.com. Boy, isn't that easy to remember? <laughs> outhousetickets.com. That sticks with you. <laughs> I know, right? Get them quick as they are expected to sell out. So there you go, a benefit concert up in Sulphur Springs, Texas with Neil McCoy on September the 10th. What a better way to start your September 11th membrance been going up and supporting our veterans absolutely 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 you know kathy i wanted to touch on the subject um that dr clothier just kind of he just kind of i didn't want to ask him because it's a political question right right and it brings politics into covid19 um you know and, and that is the mandating of having to have a covid19 vaccine card on our stream michelle put on there i'm that blown away with the what maroon she said five, yeah the maroon yep. five concert is requiring covid19 vaccination cards uh good morning doug shockey good morning fredo Faye, hey, and marvin morning. michelle dad. Coach, everybody that's joining <laughs> us dad um so yeah you know and kathy i looked it up because i was like this, this can't really be happening right 
And uh, sure well, enough, well, and when did it they an, and when did they announce it? Because my thought is, okay, so if I've got Maroon Five tickets, I bought them forever ago. You know, like um, I purchased, um, I've already purchased for October twenty second. I'm taking my daughter mm-hmm. to see the Jonas Brothers um, for her birthday, and so um, it's and I've already purchased those tickets. I would have wanted to have known when I purchased those tickets that hey, by the way, you're going to have to show that you've been vaccinated. Because that would have made a, a determination if that's what I did for my daughter for her birthday or not. Um, and so I'm sitting here thinking, okay, you've got Maroon 5 tickets, which love Maroon 5. Um, but if the venue is saying you have to be vaccinated, well, what happens if you're not? And what happens if you're working all day today and you can't even go and get your first shot? I Again, I just, you know, what happens if you have a job where, where you typically work from home? You're kind of sheltering in place naturally. Um and so you're going to have to get that. What happens if I've got some kind of pre-existing condition where it's not advisable by my doctor to get the shot, to get the vaccination? I'm real. I mean, help help me understand this. Well, and, and again, it's this is something that is starting to spread. Um, we have a friend in the healthcare business. She's been in the healthcare business forever. Yep. Um, she's been in it through COVID nineteen, and they're saying that you either get the COVID shot or you're fired. Yeah, I, and as a matter of fact, we're, we're helping um, a number of folks. JP and I are helping a number of folks get, you know, with the right people in Congressman Taylor in different offices, depending on where they live. Um, you know, we're talking about people's livelihoods and, you know, and, and I think there's so much fear mongering. I don't know, JP, if you um, heard the old uh, Clay Jenkins, you can always depend on him for some, some buffoonery. So he made made this announcement and the hospital he was talking about had to come back and correct him. He had said that um, basically, and again, it's fear mongering. You and I talked about this gaslighting, fear mongering, all that kind of stuff that's going on by irresponsible elected officials, irresponsible media. And he said that, um, you know, basically that if you're in Dallas at a certain hospital, you know, there's no ICU beds left for the children. And if, um, you know, if your kid gets sick, and they need a bed that they're going to have to wait until another kid dies from COVID until they can get a bed. And the hospital was like, because he was basically like, if your kid has a heart problem or, you know, some kind of, you know, pre-existing condition, if they're in a car accident, too bad, they're going to have to wait for a bed until another COVID kid dies. And the hospital even came out and said, whoa, 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 Clay. <laughs> not the case. We are not right. waiting for children to, to die in order to put other children in beds. This is inaccurate. We have beds. We, we make, we, we, you know, accommodate for emergencies accordingly. We've got a backup plan. We've got plans and, you know, uh, operations in place that take care of that. So I you look at, okay, so you've got this fear mongering by the county judge. I mean, my goodness, if, if I were in, if I were in Dallas County, I would be demanding a recall election because that's so irresponsible. I mean, just it's grossly ne- negligent. Well, and I think that it's, you know, it's mass spreading and even getting crazier. <laughs> Pardon me. <clears throat> They're even saying that uh, in the university, for you to be able to attend class um, in person, you're going to have to be able to prove vaccination. Um, traveling, they're talking about starting to make it where you have to when you travel. Uh, cruise ships, you have heard. Are requiring yep. it to be a part of your passport now, um, and so watch when you go buy a cruise. Do you have to have your COVID card with you? Uh, senior care centers are requiring it. Sporting events are starting to require 
proof of vaccination. Here's my issue with all of this. Uh, during the flu, we've never had to carry a vaccination card. During RSV, we've never had to carry an RSV vaccination the, the, card. The swine flu? We don't have to carry about, a measles one, a, yeah, mumps, mus- a mumps one. I mean, you, um, have, you have to have your, you, you do have to have, you know, for measles, mumps, and rubella, like for all, for the, the childhood vaccinations, for your child to get into school, you have to show proof of vaccinations and all that kind of stuff. And that's good. And okay. But I mean, what am I going to have to start sending my third grader out the door with their shot records it, at some point? And, and what happened to HIPAA and what happened to a right to privacy when it comes to your um, your health? You know, there are certain things that if I've got health issues, there are certain things that ab- absolutely I would share with my immediate family. And, you know, my gosh, if I if I had some kind of illness, JP, you'd be one of the first people that, that would know. But, you know, I consider you more family than friend. So there, there's, you know, th- but that would be my personal choice to share something with you or to share something with an employer or to share something, you know, with the folks up here at VentureX or whatever the case may be. At what point is it going to be that you're demanded to just lay out there publicly on a regular basis to just do anything that we've always had the freedom to do? Yeah, freedom. Hey, everybody, let's remember that word. Remember America and freedom. You know, at some right. point, if, am I going to have to disclose what my, um, you know, daily, if, if I've got, if my blood pressure is running high and my medicine's not working for the day, do I have to put that out there to the world? At what point does privacy not come into play, JP? Well, and here's the thing, right? Again, we didn't require it for anything else. Yeah. Um, yeah. And those things have been just as bad, if not worse, uh, especially for children. RSV. You find more children are being hospitalized due to RSV than you do COVID-19. Um, and so, again, it's very interesting how this is all coming along, and yet we still have our borders wide open. Uh, Gail Meeks just posted. <laughs> Help me with you know, that. He chased three, three to five times a day, over 800 migrants arrested every day. Uh, some days there's 100 in an hour. Uh, mm. You know where Steve's parents live, they're unable to drive sometimes, uh, and, and and it's COVID nineteen like crazy. And what's funny is the people that are crossing the border are refusing the vaccines as well, and then we're allowing them. They just kind of walk out of the facility, they start walking the towns on the border, and they just get lost, and they're wandering around with COVID nineteen. And so, you know, it's. One of those things is that we've got to realize that carrying a vaccination card is more of a more more of a of a of a taking away of our freedom. It's one more step of Pandora's box. It really is left being able to take control of the people of this country. And check this out, and this just really upsets me with my Dodger Blues. The LA Dodgers, their stadium is requiring masks. But they've got a vaccination section of their stadium for people who are vaccinated. So now we're separating people out. See, and so and it's, it's almost like you're you're creating another class system. And this this what this is what goes into mask shaming and things of that nature. Okay, for example, you you know, and and thanks for thank you again to the crew for all the prayers. CJ got home safely um, from Boston on um, Saturday. His flight came in at eleven thirty. 
we ended up, I think, what what time did I tell you we got home, JP? Like closer to 3 o'clock because there was a big rainstorm. Right. Luckily, CJ got off of the plane, but we waited in the baggage area for, for a couple of hours before luggage started coming because there had been rain and this, that, and the other and safety issues, whatever. So, um, and, and so we all had my husband and CJ and I, we all had masks on. Well, at one point, you know, everybody's kind of spread out. So it's just me and Michael and CJ together. And CJ and I had our masks pulled down around our chin. It, we were so social distanced. Everybody, we were still standing by the carousel where they have the luggage that comes out. Everybody else was over, you know, sitting down. Nobody was anywhere near us. It's within our family. And somebody looked, literally walked, by, glared, like, and they were like 10 feet away from us, glared at CJ and I because we had our mask pulled down, looking at each other, talking to each other. And I knew what they were doing. I was like, they're glaring because we don't have our masks pulled up. But I'm sitting here thinking, but we're social distanced. We're within our family. We're about to all get in a car together and be breathing each other's fumes. So, you know, it, at some point, do you, do you just create a, another reason in society for everybody to be mean to each other and judge each other? Don't we have enough of that going on? Oh, I believe we do. I mean, we've lost our minds. Yeah. And again, it, it's the woke left with what's going on. I mean, it, it, it really is embarrassing. It's uh, sad that one of the leading nations when it comes to democracy and the form of the republic, yeah. that we are allowing this to happen. Um, I hope that the American people are smart and that they see that, you know, hey, the, the flu virus was, is just as dangerous. RSV in our kids is more dangerous than COVID-19. And at what point do we allow common sense to take over our fears so we don't become a society of haters? And so I'll tell you, we need a little Jesus in our in our country again. And, Amen. And we and need lots of Jesus. I'm tired of it. Amen. I'm tired of it. Boy, so. howdy. Yeah, I, I I couldn't agree with you more, JP. We do we do need um uh, we need more Jesus. We need more. You know, we need to bring humanity back. And you and I, have, my goodness, we've been exhaustively discussing this for a long time. Just the lack of humanity, and I think it's gotten worse since the pandemic. I think you've got people who you know, financially are in a tough spot, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, all kinds of things. And, and, and so, and, and then something, you know, you and I, back when you first asked me to do radio with you, and this is back, you know, what, almost six years ago now. Um, I remember one of the topics that came up over and over was teenagers, preteens, kids, bullying on social media. JP, and you and I talk about this on a regular basis, how many adults our age, a little bit younger, a little bit older, who should, old enough to know better, do you see bullying each other online now on social media? Oh, it's all over. I mean, let's put it this way. It's to the point where I really have wanted to shut down my Facebook page. Yep. And be done with Facebook. Yep. I mean, really, I'm serious. I'm not kidding. Um, the last four or five days, two weeks, I have really thought, super hard, you know, do I just want to start launching our show from you and tear my Facebook page down? Yep. Because I just am so sick and tired of seeing all of the garbage out there. Um, we have forgotten that we are Americans. You know, uh, Chuck Gura said that where is the charity anymore in our life? Yep. And, and I agree with him. And, and again, that goes back to my comment that we need God put back in our system more so now than we've ever needed it. it. 
it's always been a part of who we are. It's always been the foundation of who we are. And the woke left have done, they have finally gotten their hands on getting rid of God in our system. And I don't get it. Yeah. And it's disappointing. It's very, very sad. It, it, it's, it is heartbreaking. And, and I know we've got so many things to discuss. I just, you know, if you have a chance to go out there and you have a chance to do or say something nice for someone, I'm talking, if you're checking out at a grocery store, if you have a chance to tell the, 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 person helping you with your groceries thank you so much you know my thing I tell people you know stay healthy or stay safe um you know have a great day have a blessed day any little you know morsel of kindness and you'll and you'll be surprised like it makes you feel so much better what did um we um we all we did a big family get together Saturday night you know to welcome CJ home and the restaurant um at Waters Crossing um they had a number of um, and you know where I'm talking about. There's a, those that place where you kind of go down, and there's a fire pit, JP, and they have three different quotes. They've right. got an Abraham Lincoln, a Booker T. Washington, and a Mother Teresa quote. And um, and and I thought, I thought these three were just so perfect for today. Um, uh, those who are happiest are those who do the most for others. Booker T. Washington. If you judge people, you have time to love them. Mother Teresa. And to ease another's heartache is to forget one's own, Abraham Lincoln. If we could just have a little bit more of those in our life and live by those quotes instead of the cruelty that's out there and the judgment, I think you would see a happier, healthier society. Oh, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Talking about a happier, healthier society, you know, Kathy, I was wandering around Sunday and I tripped and I found that 25 were gone. I was like, oh, my God, where'd that 25 go? 25 pounds, baby. <laughs> 25 pounds, baby, out the door. So JP in week three. Yeah, week three. It's working. Off another eight pounds. Love and it. So, uh, yeah, 25 pounds down. And uh, so today, getting ready to fire it up. I think on today's menu is a fast, and uh, then we'll have dinner at about four o'clock this afternoon we're gonna do a little and so PS you're doing a fast you said this Taco morning Bowl. What'd you i say? am i'm doing a fast this morning okay tell us tell and me about we'll, tell me about that how does that work is that because you because sun, sunday's your cheat day so basically are you right. kind of resetting right. your body just for those who are following resetting you and trying to do the body. same okay hydrating with uh, water love it you know, so staying hydrated with water and then about, like I said, 4 or 5 o'clock, we'll have a, an early dinner. Okay. And uh, we'll do the Fiesta. I call it my Texas Fiesta Bowl. And, and that's so, that's a delicious one. Even if you're dieting or not, if you're trying to eat healthy, this is a way to eat healthy, and you do not think you are. That, that was one of my, my favorite meals of yours from when you first started doing JP's Kitchen. Um, I just took that and ran with it. I need that mango um, mango relish um uh, yeah, recipe again. yeah if you can send good. that to me because it's been a couple of years since i've done that one i need to do that one again yeah the mango relish is fantastic super healthy as well um so i will do 16 hours of fasting today okay um, okay and so uh and then i will eat uh dinner at, like i said early four or five o'clock and uh then get ready for tomorrow and make breakfast again and and what you find in JP's kitchen is a lot of the meals are re um, because you find what you like and you stay with what you like. Yep. So um, we're getting ready to, to activate JP's kitchen. Dr. Good and I are doing a wellness show where um, 
we tackle different topics. And so uh, that's going to launch September the 1st. Excellent. And then JP's Kitchen will launch where we just do the cooking and uh, talk about the recipes. So, love it. Love uh, it, love it, and love cool it. cool stuff. And so, yeah, so 25 pounds gone in week three. Super Woo-hoo! excited about that. Uh, looking for my milestone by week number six. So uh, hopefully uh, it'll come true. And uh, working out more on the farm, which has been good. Wielded a chainsaw on uh, Saturday and moved around big old stumps. So, you Woo! know, had a good workout. Good times. No, no, no thanks to the yeah, JP was like, hey, you want to come on over? And um, I've got a, a weed eater with your name on it. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> Oh, but thanks. I, do. I don't trust myself. I'll brush a horse. I'll brush a horse. <laughs> okay, now that's fun stuff. We need you to do that workout stuff. Oh, know. no. It, anything that has something that can, it can remove a finger or a toe from me, it's just something better left away from me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because you don't wear flip-flops, happy boots on. No, even, even with tennis shoes on, I'd be worried. You know, I, I'd be nervous. Oh. I don't trust myself. I'm not a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a city mouse, not a country mouse. <laughs> well, and, and let's talk about trust for a second. Um, how about the Afghan people? Oh, dear God. No. I oh, God. Tell, God tell about, talk about folks who need prayer right now. This is heartbreaking, JP. It is extremely heartbreaking. Why? One of the good stories that I, I saw on Facebook where it did garner a prayer from me um, is a member of our military who was over in Afghanistan. Yeah. And this family interpreted for this officer. And that family is not going to make it to the airstrip mm. to be evacuated. And they're going to be left behind. And don't you know, mm. I mean, and this is what's so sad, is that that society is so ready to turn on each other. And I think that that's why a lot of people are laying down their guns on the Afghan security side and walking away because they're hoping that the Taliban just leaves them alone. The Taliban, since Mm. the United States has pulled out, has swept through that country and now taken every major city in that country. I've been waiting for my updates this morning to see if we are still holding the airports. No, I, I actually, I just, I just read something that you've got, and it's heartbreaking. Flights have been shut down because you have people. Um, let me pull this up. You've got um, uh, chaos at the Afghanistan's Kabul airport as Taliban take over the country. Basically, you've got just tons of people and families trying desperately to get out of there. Um, people who have served as interpreters in the military, just people who are just, you know, innocent folks just trying to take care of their family. Um, and, and they are literally on the tarmac. So they're having, they were having to shut down the airport. Um, a, a, a dear friend of ours, and I don't know if he wants me to say his name on, on, um, on the show, so I'll, I'll wait for that. We may even want to have him on. Another friend who was over there for um, and who fought in Afghanistan, um, he and he has these beautiful pictures. JP, I'll have to if we get his permission, I'll to post some of these um, faces of the condemned. Policy has consequences. These are people who are my friends, 
who have been condemned possibly to death by Joe Biden and his reckless pullout of Af Afghanistan. The media frames this as just a few translators or specialists. No, the Taliban historically could kill, in all caps, anybody who worked with the United States in any capacity, whether they swept the floors of my barracks, cooked the meals I ate, worked on the U.S. base as a barber or as, as a rug merchant. It doesn't matter. The Taliban has been taking their names down for years, and no doubt these people are all already on lists. Um, ignore the Taliban spokes, spokesmen who say that they will not conduct reprisals. His statements are as false as I, the Iraqi information minister. A wave of slaughter will engulf the nation. These good people, their families, and thousands of others across the nation will be endangered. And he has these wonderful pictures of himself and, and other you know, United States uh, military folks who were there serving with him. And um, just pictures, you know, like of a kid who was working in his father's rug, um, you know, rug booth. Um, you know, uh, people who were, were at, you know, religious places, just different things of just nice, normal people. And, and they're all in danger now. <laughs> Help help me well, with this. And what's really sad is is all of the women that have stepped up and have proven, mm. hey, you know what? We are we are strong and we are intelligent and we have a contribution yep. to make. Yep. And it's like, are you serious? Because now they, I mean, they took over judicial positions. Oh, they're a target they now. Appointed. Yeah. And, well, yeah, they're. I mean, if if they can't get out of that country i fear for their god bless their them um, yes please god please bless their life them. but mm. can you imagine the kind of abuse no. that they are going to be subject no. to no um you know and and here's the thing you know gail said oh but biden says it's trump's fault which is just like the bengazi oh situation. lord i think <clears throat> i think that this is worse than the bengazi situation um because we've all known about this this is not, you know, Benghazi, there was a little bit of secretiveness until it leaked out. We've been watching this the whole time going, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Yeah. Um, this is going against what people have advised. Yep. And now we have abandoned the Afghan people. You know, McConnell finally said something that I can agree with the other day. And that is that don't allow our country to look like we are experiencing Vietnam all over again go in and handle our business, Mr. President. Yeah. And he's not. Members of the he's, military no, he's not. that have gone yeah, that have gone over to Afghan uh, the Afghanistan, they are and even those who have not, yeah. they are just disgusted with what's going on. It's like fathers and mothers who have lost their sons and daughters. What was it all for? For you to walk out and allow the Taliban to take it all over again? I mean, and you know what they're going to do. I mean, it's Sharia law at the most extreme oh, level. Oh, at the most extreme level. And, you know, and it was just, what, July 8th, I think it was, and I need to find the exact quote that Biden had out there. But basically, Biden assured Americans that the Taliban would not storm the U.S. embassy in Kabul. And I'm sorry, but isn't the embassy now emptied out? There are no American flags left there. We've completely cleared out. And I want to say this was just like back in July 8th or somewhere right around there, if, if, I'm, if memory serves me, that he had um, basically was like, oh, it's all good. 
this is, you know, I, I know we've, we've said that, you know, we're going back to the 70s with inflation, gas, all everything we've got going on, um, foreign policy, that this is, you know, going to be another train wreck of a presidency like it was with Jimmy Carter. And mind you, Jimmy Carter, one of the nicest Christian, giving, kind, you know, humble men, wasn't a real good president. And even Democrats will say, yeah, that was, eh, we need not, not such a good four years in history. My goodness, I can't even ma imagine what will be said about a Biden administration down the road because, J I mean, JP, we're not even a year into this this guy's presidency and administration, and look at look at what a disaster everything is. I mean, you look everywhere: the borders, yeah. the pandemic, COVID, um, and, I'm, and not that he created COVID, but you know what I mean. His the response to this and the the hypocrisy of people, floods, hordes of people coming across our border. They don't have to worry about anything, but gosh, if I want to go to see Maroon 5 tonight, I better have a COVID, you know, vaccine shot or whatever. Card. Yeah, a card, yeah. Right. And, you know, and then you've got, um, you know, it it's becomes more and more and more expensive going to the grocery store. Gas gets more and more expensive. Look what is happening. Look what is happening with with foreign entities right now. I, I just... My, I, you just keep thinking, can it get any worse? And then you're like adding another group and another thing onto your prayer list. Yep, I agree. Couldn't agree more. I'll tell you what's on my prayer list is that COVID vaccine uh, cards and stuff like that don't shut down the State Fair of Texas. Howdy, no, folks. folks. <laughs> I'll tell you what, but over in the promenade barn, the pig races will begin shortly. Um, <laughs> So the State Fair of Texas is upon us. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Did you catch that, Kathy? <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. the Texas are upon us. Oh, sorry. Oh, um, he's a UT I know fan. Coach Quigley <laughs> caught it. Coach Q caught it. So where are we at? I'll tell you where we're at. We are 39 days, 1 hour, 30 minutes, 22, 21, 20 <laughs> days away from the State Fair of Texas firing back up again and so plan your visit they uh, the state fair of texas website is a great website you can go to bigtech.com uh then go to the 2021 schedule or you can click on how to plan out your visit of course i plan my visit out by the food Sorry. yes <laughs> uh, that's my gig right like the auto show is a back pager fletcher's corn dog first thing i do when amen I Amen. Now, you know what's funny? I do have a routine. I don't know if you have a routine. If you do share with us what your routine is uh, at the State Fair of Texas, but I have a routine, Kathy, where I go and I eat my corn dog first. Right. Then my fried butter. Then I go into the ag building to see if they're handing out the free little samples because they always have fun little free samples. Oh, they've got some good get, stuff there. They do. I get my Pioneer mixing <clears throat> stuff out of the, the country store there. Um, and then I go around the corner and I get my Jimmy Dean sausage biscuits and gravy because it's normally breakfast time still. <laughs> then I go through. I'm telling you, I got a routine. Boy, you do. My, I do. I go through my little sales places where they sell fun stuff. Right? Got to do that. And I pick up a little odds and ends. Things then that we do. The stuff that we don't need. I've got every exactly. year we purchase something at the State Fair of Texas. It's either copper sheets or it's like a certain kind of massager. We, it's so funny because it just we just get suckered in. 
and you're like, oh, we're just going to go look this year. And doggone it, we come out with something as seen on TV, as seen at the Great State Fair of Texas. Now, the State Fair of Texas closet. Marvin's never been to the State Fair of Texas. Marvin, get there this year. Fletcher's Corn Dogs. Marvin, don't miss out. It's way (laughs) awesome good. It really is. And so then I go to the Whale Cafe or whatever they call that at the end of one of the shopping places, and I get my... uh, I get my uh, bread with the powdered sugar on Oh, that. funnel cake. Yeah, I got to get yeah, my your funnel, funnel cake, cake Yep. That's yeah. my mom's so favorite then, at State Fair. About mid-afternoon, I go to the place where everybody eats and can sit down. And the I've pavilion. And i that own booths in there. Talk about the pavilion, uh, the food pavilion. Yeah, yep. the food pavilion by Big Tech. And uh, so I've got some friends that own some places in there, but I've got to get my big old Texas nachos. Oh, so the ones nachos. that have the um, the chips in the shape of the state of Texas. Yeah. Love those. Love those. Yeah. And, of course, you know, that is just diarrhea heaven. Oh, without a shadow no. Of that. So, TMI. Yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. So then I go back out. I go through the auto show and look at the cars and see what's out in the car business there. And then I finish my state fair day with fruit beer. They you love the you love the, the, the ginormous kegs of cold ice cold root beer. You love that. And they do. They have it at the temperature right above freezing, and I mean the root beer is amazing. And so, oh, and last year, no, year before last, I had added the peanut butter fried sandwich. Right. It's right next to the fried butter. See, now you'll be you'll oh, try something new this year. Now, I know Charles wants us to go out there and get some footage. Michelle's asking you, margaritas are on her. When are you going? When are you meeting her out at the State Fair of Texas? Um, my thing we is. We will definitely meet out there. Yeah, it, we, need, we need to make a crew day out there and get some, get some, uh, some coverage to play during the show. Um, you know, my thing is, and this is what we've always done with the kids. And like I said, this is the only day of the year you can say, I served my kids corn dogs for breakfast and you're still a good mom. First thing we do, it doesn't matter what time of day. Now, usually we would get there, especially when the kids were younger, early on like a Sunday or on a Saturday. And that's the first thing. We'd make a beeline and be one of the first ones in line for those Fletcher's Corny Dogs. Um, There's tons of free, fun stuff to do out there. I know it is expensive if you're riding the rides and playing the games. Um, it's, but if you want to go there and be more on a budget, there's tons of free shows. I know the kids got to be, oh gosh, they were picked to be in like the backyard, um, circus show for years. There's like little things you can do where your kids can be, um, do interactive stuff at the fair. So there's tons of, you know, you can go see the, the pig races, the dog jumping. I love it. Like when they have all of the um, agility dogs and they do that where they jump like over eight feet of water and clear it like no problem. Um, so there's tons of stuff you can do that doesn't cost a lot of money when you once you get out there so um just just in case somebody's worried about sticker shock as long as you're not riding a bunch of rides and you know buying a bunch of uh game coupons it it can be done more affordably well i know that um i went out there to state fair and i bought a hundred dollars worth of food tickets right because i I don't do the rides in the games anymore you spend all your money on uh, on the food food yep yeah and there were three of us, and I gave five tickets away on my way out the door. Yeah. Yeah, and, so, I always, and I always love that paying it forward because you've always got, 
it, it never fails. You either when you're at the very end, you need to spend, you need to go buy some more coupons so you have enough to get something on the way out, or you've always got that random odd amount of coupons left. And I always think it's great to you know find somebody who's got some little kids, give it to them. Um, you know that that could make or break them being able to ride the bumper cars or the carousel or something like that. So um, yeah, I'll pay it forward. If you've got some, an odd number of tickets left, coupons left at the end, pay it forward. So I also do other things when I go out there. Poor Dr. Good, we're grossing her out. Um, <laughs> Fair food would not why, be friendly for Dr. Good. <laughs> no, but this is why the fair only comes once a year. Yeah. And so, but I also, um, like, you can get great deals on, like, the, the ladder, the big ladder. Um, I can't remember what they call that now, um, where you can make it a platform. Yes. Like a bigger, taller, can, Yep, yep. Um, of course, the hardest part of that for me is walking around the state fair with it all day. Uh, that's why you save that till the end. <laughs> I mean, it's like, wow. Yeah, and I got this ladder. Like, no, you keep it there. You walk it out at the end. And you know what I always right. love? You can really get a good deal. I've never purchased this. I do have a dear friend that, that purchased this a few years back, and it's still his favorite thing to this day the vibrating chair the chair you get in that does all the leg massage and it's like you know five thousand dollars but you get it for 1500 at the fair or something like that um that's the one that i'm always like oh if i just had some extra cash i would i would live in a big massage chair yeah well and dr good says you can also save the tickets for the following year and and you can oh yeah that's true i didn't even think about that yep yep yeah, but like I said, I, I give mine out and because uh, I can't keep up with something I was given. Paper for me has become very difficult. <clears throat> I have become so electronic, um, not, I guess, savvy is a good word, but dependent, that I take pictures of everything and have it on my phone. That's uh, me so that and I you don't both. have to worry about the paper. Organize so. it that way. It's, it's interesting, like somebody will hand me a card. Um, you know, it was at a political event the other day and... Uh, Several people gave me their card and they're like, oh, you know, please keep in touch or let me know, blah, blah, blah. A lot of t- people, oh, you know, how do I catch y'all show or whatever the case may be. And um, I immediately take it and holding the card in my hand, take a picture of it. And they're like, no, you can keep the card. And I said, no, I realize that. I said, there's a chance that between here and the bathroom, I could lose this card. You were important enough that I just took a picture of your card and put it in my phone so I can organize it with my business cards because I want to make sure I don't forget you. And that way you've got a timestamp date of, you'll be like, oh, this was on Saturday, July, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I was at the such and such um, convention that day, or I was I spoke at this event, or I spoke at that event. And then it triggers you and you're like, oh yeah, that's right. That person wanted to talk about a state income tax. And, you know, so I think it, it helps you with that. Um, and plus, and you're not, you're a baby. You're not even 50 yet, JP. When you are 50 and uh, over, let me tell you, this, this baby, your phone becomes your best friend. It's all, I'm all about the alarms and the calendar and all of that stuff. Now I've got a girlfriend who the other day said, because she's, she, uh, she watches the show and she said, you know, you, you're always talking about doing, using your phone for your um, reminders. She said, she's got her phone, but now she's transitioned and she's over 60 now. She said, she said, but now I've transitioned to where I have my phone that reminds me to look at my calendar book where I now have everything written. She had to change up her system. So I'm like, okay, that's good to know. That's good to know. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what's good to know is it is time for us to head out the door. Uh, Rock the music and roll. is starting to play in my ears, and uh, 
join us on Wednesday. Big show on Wednesday. Bring your questions. Yes, um, Van, Congressman Van you. Taylor in studio on Wednesday. You know, and I'm going to be curious, Kathy, one of the questions I want to send out that direction is, man, where, what are we doing with Afghanistan? Yeah, yeah. You know, goodness. All right. Well, have a blessed yes. week, everybody. We'll see you on be Wednesday. Love y'all. The crew, crew, crew. <laughs>